The vigilantes. No, no, no. The vigilante is just a man lost in the scramble for his own gratification. He can be destroyed or locked up. But if you make yourself more than just a man, if you devote yourself to an ideal, and if they can't stop you, then you become something else entirely. Which is? Legend, Mr. Wayne. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse! Dun, dun, dun. We are back. And do you know what we're discussing today, Maul? Well, we're beginning with Batman. Oh my goodness. A new trilogy. I do think that this is like the most hype that you've been for any movie that we've watched so far. Rewatch wise. I'm very excited. It's a great film. Lots to discuss. Lots of like background. A lot of themes. Yes. Yeah. I mean... This is a this is a dense movie. You know, it comes in at what 2 hours 20 minutes. To me, you know, we had watched this about a year and a half ago, which we'd both forgotten about. And I don't remember if I thought it then, but this time I'm just like the I don't know if it's the pacing or what. It just flies by to me. Well, it, I mean, it's jam-packed. Like the first 30 minutes we're not even at Batman, but like we don't care because like there's so much exciting stuff. Yeah, it just happening. keeps going. It keeps going. There's no like downtime. I, I love it. That is to say that, yeah, there's a lot of notes material here. True or false, Griffin? Hit me. Did you see? Okay, I guess I have to say it as a statement. You saw this movie before you saw Dark Knight? False. So you saw Dark Knight without seeing this movie? First. I'm not trying to put you on blast here, yes. but I feel like it's... Yeah, I mean, it's... I'm pretty sure you said that on the podcast I, before, I think I did. but, like, that's wild. You know, like, and I, I am pretty sure that that's true, and I saw the Dark Knight theaters a lot. But, <laughs> I don't know, there's, there's something about it, like, I feel like Batman Begins did well. Like, it definitely did well, but the Dark Knight, like, kind of broke through that... I don't know how to describe it. Like, it reached so far out of just like comic book fans or Batman fans. And that's why like, I was like, Oh, well I can just go see this. Everyone's talking about <laughs> the dark Knight, And honestly, like it is kind of crazy in hindsight. I should have seen Batman begins first, well, but it's age. Right. Like, that's true. When the dark Knight came, I out. feel like a lot of people would have still <laughs> managed to see it one way or another. I'm kind of surprised. I didn't like if a friend of mine had it on DVD or something, but I don't know. And honestly going into the dark Knight was, pretty easy even yeah, not having seen this see but still like yeah it would definitely heighten the experience the dark knight is like what the michael keaton films are in the sense that he's established batman and that's fine like you don't need to know the background because it's batman right you know the deal like yeah he's doing his thing he's out there jumping around being a vigilante that's it like you don't get to see the Thomas and Martha scene. That's about it. Yeah. No, in Dark Knight. I yeah, mean. I, yeah, I know. But like, it's just... even in the Michael Keaton ones, you see that scene. That's he true. He does flashback to it. Yeah. But speaking of flashbacks, that's how this movie begins. Yeah. And it's very bright. 
like the flashbacks in particular. I mean, this movie is a, is like on the brighter side of like all of the films. I would yeah, say, yeah, like the way it's like lit until like towards until the you end. get to the narrows like full yeah. time. Yeah, um, yeah. I I tend to forget about this flashback intro, but I really like it because one, it's kind of understated. He doesn't have a ton to do as like young Bruce, but that actor that they got to play him as a kid, I think is great. And he's, he's kind a, of a little shit. He is a little shit, but I feel like that makes sense. And he's like memorable. Just a little, little shit. Yeah. So like, yeah, relatively it's, it's almost nothing, but he made a pretty big impression on me. I think when, when I saw this and for such a, I know he keeps coming back, but for such a relatively small part and we get kind of this little introduction to Rachel and yeah. it like illustrates their history. Just, you know, you get a sense of who they are. Yeah. I mean, they break up the flashback over like maybe three, four scenes, um, interspersed in this first like half hour. But, um, I mean, altogether it's like not that much time, but you're right. It just, it tells you exactly what you need to know. Yeah. Even like with his parents outside of the actual scene where they're killed, they don't really have that much dialogue or stuff to do, but they do such a good job of just, yeah, telling you who these characters are very succinctly. And that helps when we have more flashbacks and the emotional weight of what Bruce is going through is really bolstered by that. Um, but this first flashback is kind of brief because we go straight into uh, Christian Bale in uh, jail. Yeah. And I was saying earlier that I kind of forget like the timeline of this movie. So in the beginning, I can never recall what's a flashback really. And, you know, cause there's that bit of time gap and they try to make Christian Bale look a little bit distinct in age, which I think kind of works. But this is only a few years after. Well, I guess the whole span is seven years, but we don't know how long he's training with Razo. That's true. Yeah. I tend to think of it as a pretty short amount of time, but who knows? I mean, I think it's implied that he's been with him for a while. Yeah, yeah. Because he's like a student and he's like gone through the whole process. He's about to be initiated. Like that doesn't, that's not a couple of weeks. No. I would say at least a year, probably more. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. I mean, the whole time that he's gone from the, the, the hearing to when he returns is seven years. Yeah. And he's like... A criminal for yeah, he's a couple fully, of years. Yeah, he's like fully fledged. Which is an interesting way of kind of getting us to the point where I feel like sometimes the temptation is to like show Batman. Like I think there was a comic series called Batman Year One and it presents him in the show Gotham, like presents Bruce's starting as Batman proper from a much younger age. So this was like an interesting way of doing it, in my opinion. I mean, I think he's supposed to be young yeah yeah not as like you looked it up christian bale was what 29 he was 29 when he was cast so he would be like 31 in this yeah so i think in the movie i guess he's supposed to be like 27 yeah that's probably fair but just something about like how christian bale looks he just comes off to me as like very mid 30s so i just tend to think of him as being a bit older it but doesn't really matter. No, it doesn't. I guess. He's supposed to be, I guess, like young enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just not one of those superheroes that's starting off as a teenager. 
in this scenario. Um, I like that. I really like the introduction of Ra's al Ghul, and this movie really sets up a lot. And I guess they had always planned on doing the trilogy. Is that? Do you know if that's true? I don't. I mean, clearly they were planning on the sequel, but I'm not sure. I don't know if a trilogy was always in the cards or if they wanted it to go even longer. Knowing how much money these made, I'm sure Warner Brothers did, but... Because, I mean, I, they set up something with Ra's al Ghul early on. They mentioned him having a wife who was taken from him. Um, and then, obviously, like, the... I think they kind of skipped this in the next movie, but his whole inner struggle of who am I, who am I without Batman, who am I without Bruce Wayne, am I a vigilante, what am I, is really, like, I think this movie and the third one more so. I mean, they obviously talk about it in the second one because he's, like, trying to leave that behind, but... Not as much, I would say. No. I don't think he's grappling with it in the same way. No. He's occupied. Yeah. <laughs> his Batman side is taking up his entire calendar. And I think we're totally too right. busy like with Two-Face and being like, I have to be a symbol for this thing. Yeah. Like, I'm still very much in my Batman years, I guess, in Dark Knight. But um, Ra's al Ghul is the one that sets this up i think because he said he like gives this definition of a vigilante which maybe we'll even put that as our like quote at the beginning but he's like if if you're a vigilante like you're doing it for your own gratification versus what we do which is like a symbol for something bigger than yourself that will live on and, like, in some ways he does become that, but in other ways it is, like, for his gratification. And I think that's what uh, Michael Caine is trying to tell him in the third one. Yeah. I don't know. Am I going no, to No, I don't deep? think so at all. I mean, I think, you know, maybe somehow Bruce deludes himself into thinking that he's not getting out of any... He's not himself getting anything out of running around as Batman and... You know, maybe he says it just because it's for the greater good or it's a symbol to inspire hope. But I just think like this is his ultimate journey. It is. Yeah. Like he that's it's who he is. But even like Ra's al Ghul says that, like, if you can make it on this journey to us, like you'll find your path. And it's like, I don't know. I just if they didn't plan to do the arc that they did, they use they went back to the well here for when they wrote the third one. Cause I think they wanted to capitalize on these themes that they created in this one. Yeah. And it's kind of just like closing the loop. Yeah. I mean, I don't, maybe I haven't looked hard enough. I'm just seeing, you know, trying to find out if the trilogy was planned. I'm mostly just seeing people talk about how there's no fourth movie, <laughs> but I, I think Christopher Nolan strikes me as the type of guy that if he was, participating in a movie like this, he would want to know like where that plot is going to go. Cause I feel like he wouldn't have signed on to do it if they had wanted to turn it into like a really long running franchise. Also the guy that wrote it, um, we were just looking up his stuff. David S. Goyer. Yeah. He has like a history of working on like series. Like you pointed out that he did blade. He's done like other, um, like kind of franchises. 
um, all superhero related. He went on to even do Batman versus Superman, which I just think is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, we um, just couldn't get away from the character. It doesn't look like he's um, with the Batman, unless I didn't look that far in his credits. If it's in like upcoming projects. Yeah, no, I don't. Well, let me actually check that first, but I don't think he's involved. That's kind of sad if he wanted to be. I just feel like he's been with this character for so long. I'm like sure he did, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they kind of looked and saw that his last experience writing Batman wasn't Batman v Superman. And we're like, he might not be the right fit for what we're trying to do now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it's good if they want to divert. But um, remember when you said that Christian Bale's Batman couldn't fight? I do remember saying that. And do you stand by that? Um, in this one? It's definitely the best in this movie. So no, I wouldn't stand by it for Batman Begins. But as the trilogy continues, his fighting gets worse. And I will still, you know, on The Dark Knight, I could be swayed. But I'm pretty confident in my stance when it comes to Dark Knight Rises. I feel like you're just saying that because he got bit by a dog. No, it's not the in dog. The next movie. No, I'm, I'm not even making any judgment I'm on the Dark Knight. I did forget about the dog. It's like the that's first a, scene. That's a mark well, against him. Um, no, it's it's the just the third one that really stands out to me. He's um, old. He's tired. You know. Yeah, but like you know, it's not supposed. It shouldn't be so bad that I'm like this dude cannot beat Bane when he comes back. I was like, there's no way. He's just like. <laughs> just th- flailing his arms around. Wow. You can say I told you so when we get to it, but I feel like Bane is a worthy opponent. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm i going to just specifically point out the scene that yeah. makes me recall this when we get there. So remind me to do that. I had a couple notes from earlier in the movie that I just hadn't really had a chance to hit on. But, I mean, one of the big notes for me is, of course, like the casting for this movie is just completely on point. I think it's really impressive how they managed to find these actors who are able to work so well with these characters that we get like this fresh incarnation of not only Bruce, but Alfred and Gordon Michael and Kang. Yeah, Michael Caine. And it's just, they make their kind of signatures on these characters so quickly, in my opinion. I mean, all of them do, but especially Michael Caine, like as soon as he shows up, he's the definitive version of Alfred. I'm sure some people will disagree because I mean, the nineties Alfred was, you know, he was around for a long time, but you just can't, you can't beat Michael. It's kind of like, um, yeah. With uh, yeah. James Bond, it like is. Alfred is like such a fixture of the franchise, yeah. but I think they did a good job with obviously with him and like carrying over from the old ones. And, um, on the note of casting, Christian Bale, I was looking up articles and stuff like when he was actually cast back in 2003. And I saw a couple, you know, one of them was an MTV article, mostly just calling him by his character's name from American Psycho and being like, this guy's the new Batman, <laughs> which fair. Like, that's what I guess that was what he was mostly known for. I know he was in a couple other movies. Before uh, this. I think we all know what we know him from. A little film called Newsies. Have not seen it, but yes. I mean, I'm not saying he was a complete unknown, but... <laughs> that was when he was like a kid. Still counts. Ish. Um, and I found a forum thread as well, 
where people were talking about, they're like, oh, okay, well, it's been officially confirmed. And luckily they logged all their thoughts on a message board in September of 2003. And a lot of people were talking about how, I guess, there must have been a rumor that it was going to be Ashton Kutcher. Oh, God. So a lot of people were just like, okay, anybody but Ashton Kutcher, I'm very happy about it. Um, mostly pretty good. I was very curious because um, I know that for a couple of people, like Chris Evans getting cast as Captain America, there was a lot of outcry. But Really? And now people fucking love him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But at the time, absolutely. Because uh, he was... Not only was he in Fantastic Four, which I think the MCU fans were like, films. we don't want that. But he was also still um, from... I think he was oh, in the movie Perfect Score. I was thinking of um, Not Another Teen Movie. It was oh, like the yeah. teen parody. I think that was that was his film debut. And I feel like even though by the time he was cast as Captain America, it was like almost a decade after that movie. But So not only were a lot of people pretty happy with it um but some people were wondering well i don't know like how well is he going to be able to pull off like bruce wayne who's this very broken character and someone else like well who could do it better and you know what like three people said robert downey jr (laughs) and this was in 2003 that checks out get him in there which um that's a pretty interesting what if um I don't, I don't think Robert Downey Jr. is like, I mean, I guess he can do pretty dark, but he would be too quippy. I mean, I definitely cannot see it, but it's also hard for me to see, like, even envision Robert Downey Jr. playing a character that's not Iron Man. So, like, the quippiness, that feels like that's just, I mean, I don't, it would seem so weird to me. I mean, I think this movie is, like, really funny. Yeah, it is. But I think the reason that... I'm going to go out on a limb and say part of the reason this movie is is successful is because it's kind of British. Like, it's obviously, like, American because it's, like, Batman. But a lot of the big people involved, including, like, the director and... I don't know if the writer is. I don't think he is. I don't think he is, no. But... And, like, the two leads are, like, British. Like, I don't know. I think yeah. there's, like, something dry about it in, like, a humorous way, I guess, is maybe what I'm, th- I'm thinking. I get that. And I don't know if I can, like, fully attribute it to that, but there is just something. I think the dryness. And obviously, like, Michael Caine is a big comic comedic relief, but even, like, the scenes with, like, Fox and um, Bruce. I mean, I totally agree. It kind of gives me, like the Daniel Craig era bond vibes funnier than that. But funnier, yes. but like the atmosphere, no, I think there's a lot of comparisons to that. If bond Wayne Manor these... burning down skyfall. Like, look, it's all there. And I also like that we get the fear of bats like presented in his origin story. Cause I don't think that was in any of the old ones. I think the original origin had him like come up with the idea for the suit when a bat flies through the window, which happens in this, but that I, initial like childhood fear of bats. Was that anything else? I was trying to remember if it was in Michael Keaton's and I thought there was something about it, but I could be just thinking of this movie. I have to look it up. Cause I was curious about that when I wrote the note. 
I mean, well, while you're looking that up, I'll just say, like, I know in the Val Kilmer one, he says that he's afraid of bats. Yeah, when he's I do. To I remember that. Chase. I do remember that. I don't. I mean, I can't say for certain. Like, if they say it in the Michael Keaton one, I think it would be similar to the Val Kilmer, where he, like, says it, but they don't show it. Yeah. Like, they give a really distinct, like, not only was he scared as a kid, but he links the bats to the night that yeah. his parents died. Yeah. It's like a double double yeah. shot of trauma for him. And that scene, like, serves as we get set up for that sweet callback by Michael Caine about why do we fall master Bruce? And that was very well set up in this scene as well. I don't care if it's corny. I just think that this movie has like the best lines of any, of any comic book. Um, oh yeah. Movie. Like every other line is just like, they're just dropping these truth bombs. Like when Rachel is like, it's not what you, I know, like, but it comes off very natural. I think it's like the, the acting in this movie is like, yeah. Above and beyond. Just going back to like what you said about the atmosphere. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I still don't know exactly how to describe it, but it's like in the way that everyone has their conversations. Cause they're obviously like chock full of movie quote lines like that, but it doesn't come off as like really, you know, it doesn't feel like it necessarily. Cause it, they make it seem like <laughs> Rachel and Bruce could actually like, say something like that in conversation yeah. and have it make sense. I mean, it's very sincere, I guess, but there's a groundedness in these movies that we didn't get in the nineties. Batman's a little bit in the first Keaton one. Yeah. But well, once they introduced yeah. penguin, okay. <laughs> it was all over. Um, but, and I think that's something that, uh, the MCU picked up on and used, when they did their movies was like, keep it real on the ground kind of yeah, like with dialogue and everything. I mean, they obviously went like way lighter and more funny, but keeping it like do a conversation you would actually have. Yeah. Having it like somewhat grounded. Yeah. Just, just that little bit helps. You can have like a lot of Liberty above that, but when you lose it, that's when you get Batman and Robin. Like, I think... <laughs> then there's nothing to stand on. I think part of the problem with some comic book movies is, like, we're laughing at ourselves because we know that comic books are corny, so we're just going to be, like, we're in on it. Ha ha. Yeah, we're not We're going to be the first one to make the joke. It's like, no, it, like, that just makes it worse. Yeah. Like, there are very few movies that can kind of do, like, that wink at the audience, like, almost fourth wall breaking humor and have it work. But only if it's, like, earned, I would say. Yeah. And, yeah, no, I, I think it's difficult to, to balance those more outlandish comic book elements on top of Like, reality. Deadpool do a, does that well. Right. But Sorry, like, just so yeah, an example. Yeah, and no, like, totally, because, like, that's, you know, they're going out of their way to do that, and they're not trying to be anything else. I think it's when you get movies that kind of teeter in that direction and then also try to give you like some realistic drama like another ryan reynolds classic intern yeah another one exactly it's like you can't have it both ways like they're trying to be like self-referential and serious pick one (laughs) because either one is going to make the other one come off worse yeah 
Um, well, the other ca- big casting was Liam Neeson in this. Oh my God. Yeah. Just like the perfect choice for this type of character, isn't it? Um, or I, well, this is one of my, like, I don't have a lot of critiques of this movie, but something that always bothers me and it comes up the most in comic book movies is like having a white person being the head of an ancient, typically Asian, like for lack of a better word, like organization or institution, like this white guy shouldn't be the leader of the League of Shadows, in my opinion. And I get, like, that at one point they show, like, all of the people in the room and they're all different, like, races and stuff. But I just think, like, these are, like, ninjas going back, like, thousands of years. Like, why is this guy... And then he chooses another white guy to be his protege, basically. That's my biggest, like, point of contention. But I think Liam Neeson does an amazing job in it. That's a good point. And it is like the, the Doctor Strange business. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like that is true, but at the same time, like it works for me better plot wise. Not only just like you said, because obviously there's a lot of history to the League of Shadows, and I, I I get that. But you know, if it's like their mo to like come off a certain way, to have this certain kind of mystique or reputation. And make people think it's like, well, like these guys are a bunch of ninjas and like make their own conclusions. But it seems very sneaky to have someone yeah, like that as the head. But I also do just I get what you're saying. Because like, like <laughs> what, were, what was the other movie we were talking about where it was like you pull back the curtain far enough and it was like Sigourney Weaver at the. Oh, Defenders. Yeah. That was in Defenders. Yeah. And that was also like an Asian organization like institution similar to this yeah like the hand or whatever so and i mean they almost did it in iron man 3 with the mandarin yeah. well although um that actor does isn't like white I mean, yeah but like still yeah like um yeah i get it that's I just wonder more if like a, a, an overarching i'm surprised that i haven't seen more but. people kind of mention that I mean, I don't know what the history of the League of Shadows is supposed to be. Like, it's, uh, it's like, made up for the comic, and I'm assuming the comic is also probably rooted in this, like, racism, like, as a lot of comics were, but... Oh, yeah. I just think if they were making this movie now, they would... I would hope that they would go more of, like, a Shang-Chi route, where it's, like, we're gonna be authentic with, like... Yeah, they probably would. Yeah, I think so. Or they would at least have some way of, like, maybe, like, reckoning with that fact somehow, like, via, like, plot devices or something, but not just go, yeah. I mean, it's also just, like, a very whitewashed cast, except for Morgan Freeman. Yeah, that's true. It is, like, painfully white. Um, I mean, it's 2005. It's a different time, but it's also, it's 2005. (laughs) (laughs) That goes both ways. They are in a strange time. But kind of just like moving on from that. Um, Do you think like he's always letting this guy front for him to be Ra's al Ghul? Or is he doing this just for like this Bruce Wayne business or... 
I don't know. I was just like, that part always like was um, interesting or. That's a good question. Like it makes sense to me both ways. Like if he was running this long game on Bruce, but also if he like is claiming to be like, he's kind of like this master of shadows, then it would make sense for his character to always like want to conceal himself. So if someone like comes after Ra's al Ghul, they just kill some random guy. And this time it just happened to be Bruce burning it down and causing all this destruction. But I feel like it's just like an extra layer of protection. If someone gets up there that has it out for them or something, you know, I also, in my head, I've always assumed like Ra's al Ghul is more of a title and less of a person. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, like theoretically, anyone could be Ra's al Ghul. Like, right. It's kind of like another movie reference. Um, I do my notes referencing other movies, but a little bit of a movie called Princess Bride. There's the Dread Pirate Roberts is becomes a title, and different people are the Dread Pirate Roberts throughout the years and i think that's kind of fun i think that's definitely true for razo wool and that's how i pictured razo cool <laughs> that's so funny i mean yeah no i totally think it's more of like a just keep the reputation of this name going over the years it's easier give give people the illusion that razo ghoul is also like then you're always immortal. in fear which is their whole goal is like for people to fear them like if this is an immortal or seemingly immortal yeah, being, he keeps coming back yeah and presumably no one would know what he see looks like. they wouldn't see him twice and know that it's him yeah because they would probably be dead after one time and can i just say that Ra's al ghul's line when he's fighting bruce saying that it's not your fault that your parents died. It was your father's. Yes, I have some questions. I'm that was, sorry, that was some cold shit. That's all I have to say. Oh, <laughs> well, one, I was I think he's saying it to purposely make him angry because he's yeah. trying to get him to face his anger. But so that I, I want to come back to that. But my first question on kind of a similar note is what what was like Raz's initial interests in Bruce like he like specifically sought out Bruce Wayne as Bruce Wayne not as this like guy who's like on this like bad path and I I guess he kind of says it he's like we want you to come in because you will people know you already and you can take down the city from like within but like it was that the only end goal or does he actually want him to be his protege because it kind of seems like he does i don't know i was just kind of reckoning with that during this Mm. watch through and i'll just add another question for you to simmer on i feel like i've made up a backstory that liam neeson Roz has a specific beef with thomas wayne and gotham like there is something yeah. there because like he really has a an issue. He's got it Gotham. out for him. And that kind of just ties into like I had a note. Well that's not to, No, I was gonna say that ties into your original question about the ice. Or not question. Yes. But also just him having a beef with Thomas Wayne just always makes me beg the question, 
how fucking big is Gotham? Because they're, they talk about how the League of Shadows has like taken down these beds of chaos, but they're like countries. But they do say London. That's true. But now they're like, it's Gotham's time. And I'm like, how much influence over the, the world map in the DC universe is like 90% Gotham. I mean, I had the same exact question, but I guess in considering it to be like a London, like if we're just substituting New York city for Gotham, New York city does have enough, like influence on the world that like if something was going down in New York, like another secret organization that infiltrates worldwide would target New York city. <laughs> yeah, no, I like, do. Specifically. I do get that. I think part of the disconnect for me is that every time we're presented with a version of Gotham city, I'm like, there's no fucking way that this city is like yeah, a global it's way hub. Too small. It's, it's small. And like, if you go there, you die. Like, how did it ever? Yeah. They're also inept. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. You just take like the shittiest, most crumbling desolate city you can find in the United States and be like, this is one of the major tourist areas now. I think it's interesting that like one, they had a depression like recently Mm -hmm. that they're talking about the depression that was like in Bruce's lifetime. And then, um, that like we find out at the very end that like that was Raz's influence or the league of shadows, like try to, Wipe out the city via poverty. Not their best plan. Also, like, I thought they were training them to fight. What were they? What was the League of Shadows doing for that mission? Were they just lobbying their Congress people? A new uh, new program. (laughs) Send send them all to law school. Um. And, like, this plan isn't even, like, that great either. It's, like, we're going to have them, like, tear each other by fear. I'm, like, why is this... Why do they have to do it to themselves? I don't know. Clearly, he has the capacity to just kill everybody there. Right. He didn't have to go to Gotham to do that. He probably could have done it from his room. He... He's got some issues with Gotham and Thomas. Yeah. Like, I would love to know because... It seems like he could have very well lived his life and never gone anywhere near Gotham City. But in what he went there one time and got punked by Thomas Wayne for something. Oh, I think he's from Gotham. Let's get the origin story. I feel like this is kind of a. Um, is he a Wayne employee? A Fisk type of deal. OK, I was going to go. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio jilted ex-employee no like i'm from the city and i know how horrible it is and like we shouldn't have it shouldn't be like this i shouldn't have that would have been like this that would have been interesting like they wouldn't even needed to do a whole plot but including that detail would be and he didn't even have to like personally know thomas wayne but he knows like the wayne family and like what thomas wayne stands for yeah I mean, like, they literally have, like, their W towering over the rest of Gotham. And even if they're, like, handing out money, like, basically, like, handouts, he's like, I don't need your, like, pity, like, or whatever, and resents who he is. I mean, like... This is my story, okay? It's a great story, and the class politics of Batman like in relation to Gotham is just like insane to think about sometimes. And that would be 
like an interesting thing for a future movie to grapple with. I would have watched the show Gotham and I was going to, but then when I was going to start it, everyone was like, it got really bad, really fast. And it made me sad because I feel like it was a cool concept. I've actually heard that the first season is like trash and then it actually gets better. I think it was on for like five seasons. Oh, I heard it got worse. I maybe it went like up and then down, but I, I seem to remember people being like, it was never like great, but it was certainly more watchable than it was at the start was my impression well speaking of my boy thomas we were talking about casting earlier this is the best casting of any movie ever in my opinion i just think hot take (laughs) alert i think i was burying this i didn't want to say this (laughs) note too soon I think that this Thomas Wayne is just like so perfect. And like, I was to say this is an understatement. I was furious in the Ben Affleck version of events with his dad, Thomas Wayne. I hated it. And I was very upset about it because this is my Thomas Wayne. This is the only one I need. And he's, He's just so perfect. The casting, but also like him as a person in this story. And like we said, it's very short, but we get exactly who this person is. I'm still cooling myself off from that third degree spicy hot take that you just threw at me. But you were totally right. Is I mean, that spicy? To it's say pretty it's spicy. The best. the best casting of all time in any movie. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know. I'm if gonna I've post that on Reddit and get fucking slaughtered. Look, because he's typecast as Thomas Wayne. <laughs> he played him one time. That was his career. Um, no, you're totally he right. He's an Oscar. no, he's it's incredible casting. It's very subtle, but it yeah, it's not even about the casting. I just think he does no, such yeah, a good job. The way he plays the character is like, oh, role. like I get who this person is, and I get like why. He was such a positive influence. Like, on... He just has like this gentleness and like, he's just a really good dad. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's also the best dad of all time of any family. Unfortunately, like this ties in with like my other critique. It's a small critique of the movie. Like I said, I don't have a lot, but the mom doesn't have a line. She has no lines. Like there's a sub, there's a, a, a subtitle. Yes. Caption. A caption of her yelling Thomas, like when he gets <laughs> shot, but like, you don't even really hear her saying that. I just think that was a choice they made. Martha. <laughs> yeah, no, she's not a character. I think Ben Affleck loved his Martha more than Christian Bale loves his Martha. Oh Yeah. Like, they either say them as a unit or your dad. They're never like, your mom would also be proud of you. (laughs) No, if if Christian Bale Batman was fighting, um, like... Clark Kent? No, if if Christian Bale Batman was fighting Henry Cavill Superman, and Superman tried to do the save Martha business, Batman would be like, who the fuck is that? You mean Thomas? (laughs) Was your dad named Thomas too? No? Okay, I'm going to kill you now. <laughs> um, 
the other thing I like with with the Thomas plot though is um we see Bruce seeing his dad is not running the company he's following his passion yeah and I just think that's also just interesting because like Christian Bales is never interested in running Wayne yeah the company he's following his passion and like his dad kind of did the same thing that's a really good point i never thought about that well it's also kind of a a small detail in this movie i've seen this movie a lot so i was picking (laughs) up on things that i hadn't before right but like that's that's a really good point i mean his hobby was a little more innocuous than bruce's but hey gotta say the scene at the shipyard like amongst the shipping containers I'm not there yet. Oh, okay. Where are you at? Um, I have a feel like I have a lot before that. Let's go. Okay. Um, one of my favorite scenes in the film is when he's at the police station and Gary Oldman puts the coat around him. And then there's a callback to that in the third, in the third movie. One? The very end yeah. of the third movie. Ugh, so good. Yeah. So I good. Really like that. Also, I didn't know for a while that Gary Oldman was also, like, serious and was also Gordon. I mean, how could you know? Like, unless you just, like, knew. Well, yeah, but, like, if you saw this when you were 11 years old, that's probably not. I didn't have the IMDb app. No. And what what was life even like before that? I mean, I can't fathom. I also like didn't really know who Gary Oldman was like as a that, mammoth I guess that's, in that, the that acting might be world. More what I yeah, like unless you just like yeah you know his reputation, maybe you could see his face, but not in doing not the way he does movies. He's yeah, like, he's a chameleon. Yeah. Which is why Christian Bale loves him. And even I though, assume. like, Gordon is kind of like, you look at Gordon and you're like, this is not really a super unique character. Like, just in terms of, like, how he well, looks. Well, not the way well, they do it in the 90s. No, but, like, I just mean, like, compared to Sirius Black, you wouldn't think he would be able to kind of disappear Camille, into the yeah. role as much, but he does. That Gary. It's really impressive. Well, with a name like Gary, you gotta blend. That too. He doesn't seem like a Gary. <laughs> Um, the part where he like falls in the ice and they're having that whole like daddy issues convo. <laughs> I've always like held on as like truth that advice about like rub your chest, like your arms will warm themselves. Like when I'm cold, I will do that. Yeah. Or not necessarily my chest, but I will like rub my like legs or something. Cause I'm like, my arms will warm themselves up and I just think it's great advice. So I've always thought thanks, about that. Thanks, Ross. <laughs> that is, you don't know, he's got some genuine survival knowledge. It's um, not all bad. This is also when they're like planting the wife stuff early on and they make a great callback to it in the third one. A devastating callback, but a callback in my favorite. <laughs> um, okay, so we get the flashback of Bruce... Wait, did you skip past that flashback of him going to kill? I actually did have a note about it, and yes, chill. I forgot to mention it. But yeah, I really liked this scene. Like, well, the whole sequence, but especially like the moment when 
we see Bruce see Joe Chill get shot is just like, I, I love how it happens because it's so brief. Of course, he stays to linger on it, but the actual like fraction of time that it takes for like this whole path that Bruce thinks he's going on to be shattered right in front of him. So like so well done. I love it. It's a real Lee Harvey Oswald moment. It really we is. It really it. is. Ties to the uh, mob, you know, we've all been thinking it. That we have. <laughs> um, I This is my question about the timeline that didn't make sense to me. So he's like dropping out or kicked out of Princeton. But Rachel's already assistant DA. Meaning she's already gone through law school and is working at the DA's office. And he's like kicked out of Princeton. My only guess is that he's like in maybe law school or med school or he's taken his time going through school. It's got to be because otherwise that makes no sense unless Rachel has some sort of crazy connection in the DA's office. I mean, I would give her maybe she's a year older than him. Still, though, unless she's blowing through those classes. Um, also, like in that flashback scene... I'll say the college years. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> um, he has this like conversation with Falcone and I didn't really have a note on it. I just wanted to know what you thought. Like, I just thought this was like a, an interesting scene where he like goes to the, the bar. bar. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like definitely like kind of a cool badass moment for Bruce. Not really. I, I mean, I guess, I guess, for him, but he, yeah, he comes off so weak. But I, I think the guy who plays Falcone is like great. Oh, he's really good. He's kind of, I don't know. He, he's like playing someone different than like the usual, like mob tough guy, even though that's like what he is at his core. But he puts this like twist on it that yeah. makes him even more intimidating. Because in the Dark Knight is where we get more of like the typical mob boss yeah. guy. Yeah, and they're what you would expect. But Falcone has like something extra sinister about him. Bent like a dog. You know, <laughs> that, the way he says that. And you just made the face too. It's kind of a. Me? Yeah. <laughs> But so then Bruce leaves to go on his adventure from here. Oh, the places you'll go. You know, the book you get after college. <laughs> um, go to prison. He says, he gives the guy his coat, which I love that bit about like, it's a nice coat. And then it comes back at the end. But um, he says, they're going to come after me. Who? Everyone. Who's coming after him and why? Just because he went to confront Falcone? I think he's talking about what he's about to do. But he's about to just, like, go and, like, steal fruit and stuff. <laughs> I still, <laughs> I think, I think that line is about, like, what, maybe not his immediate next move, but his grand plans. But he doesn't have grand plans yet. He I doesn't think, know he's going to. I think he's forming them. No, but he I doesn't don't, know about I don't, his whole Batman plot. But I don't think he's, I don't think he's talking about. I mean, there, there's no way he would be talking about just going to talk to Falcone. No one's going to do anything. But 
Yeah, he's like not a threat. Maybe he's just yeah. Maybe he just thinks he's hot shit. I mean, <laughs> then we get our little Batman running. Oh yeah. I don't. I don't know how I didn't take notes on this whole section of the movie. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, he says to Roz when he's like talking about like what he's been doing for the last few years. He's like, I lived among like the criminals. Like I learned, you know, it's not just about like black and white. And then he says. I never became a criminal. And I just think that this is the most privileged BS I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not a- the most ever, but it's up there. He's like, I chose to live amongst them. And so I did break the law a bunch, but like, I'm not a criminal because like, I'm choosing to do I'm just like studying it. You don't <laughs> get it. I'm not a criminal. I just hang out with criminals I still run my own company, so it doesn't count. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know there's no way Bruce said that to any of his criminal buddies. He's like, hey, guys, I'm having a lot of fun here, but you guys know I'm not a criminal, right? It is pretty hypocritical that he spends his life going after criminals when he, like... Well, and I... That's, like, Roz is, like, calling him out on that, basically. And he's like, what are you trying to learn? Like, they're criminals. Like, they're doing this out of need. And, like, I think the greater message here is, like, it's systematic. It's not about the individual. But, like, Batman goes after the individual to try and <laughs> yeah, to try I mean, and fix the system. But I get it. But, you know, the optics are a little less than great. I actually think that the League of Shadows is trying to go after the system and not the individuals. Yeah. But, like, still not, not great. No, I don't think they're great. <laughs> but I think you are right. Um, yeah, and it's just, like, I get why you can, like, if you know who Bruce Wayne is as Batman, and you're, like, you have billions of dollars and all these resources as this businessman, and yet you choose to go beat up drug dealers? Like, use those billions, my man. And, like, I know that, I think, canonically, he tries to do that. Yeah. Like, by donating to charities and whatnot. Well, and I feel like that's what Thomas's route was, and he's like, my dad kind of failed, because, like, the people he was trying to help did kill him. Yeah. Although, isn't it, like, revealed that, like, it was, like, Falcone, like, that, like, they were intentionally murdered. Doesn't that come out later? I, that sounds Like, it wasn't just an, like, a mugging. Yeah, that rings a bell, but I'm not... I feel like I could be getting that mixed up with another movie. Yeah, no. Yeah, there's not anything actually further about Joe Chill. I mean, like when you said that, I was like, that sounds familiar, but it also sounds like the Uncle Ben thing from Spider-Man 3. Yeah, maybe. But it does, it's ever so familiar for some reason. It seems like, the kind of conspiracy that could come back around in a movie like this. Also, like, that scene that we get earlier when, like, before the, before he's killed, of Joe Chill in court. And, like you said, the super weird exchange with the judge being like, I hear we have a member of the Wayne family in my court today. Like, would do you they like wanna, to say no, anything? Do they want to say anything? But, you know, he's the same judge that's, at the bar. Oh yeah. So well, he's I like guess that corrupt. makes it, it comes off as all flippant, but um, yeah. I don't I don't know what to make of Joe Chill in that scene. You know, 
was there was there true regret? We don't get a lot about his character, so I mean, I'm really just. It's not about here. Ju- it's not about him because I think either way, like somebody he was doing it for money, whether mm-hmm. he was robbing them or like killing them for money. Like I think his motive is still kind of the same. It's more like. Did someone pay him to do that? Yeah. And I think it is a thing, but I I don't know. I could be getting it mixed up. Um Okay, my actual favorite scene besides the coat one is him doing the ninja stuff and when he slits the guy's arm to oh, fool him. Yeah. I just think it's so good and every time I'm just like God damn. It's what such a, a, what a move. It's such a clever moment. Yeah, I love, I love it. Um, so yeah, I just had to shout that out. Yeah. Yeah, I always forget about that too. And it's really just so cool. And then and um he does burn his house down, which is not as, as um sad as when uh he pays him back for that, gotta say. Well, yeah, that that shack on the mountain, that's no Wayne Manor. Yeah. But um, so much excitement, and we haven't even Batmaned yet. It's so true. And I like—I I swear to God, in my notes, I had like a really early note about this, so I must have just taken most of my notes in the back end of the movie. Holy but, Batman. What is it? <laughs> What's the Robin line? Like, holy Batman. Holy rusted metal Batman. Well, that's the one from Batman Forever. Really just a holy anything but i know that there's one in particular that you're thinking of no i was trying to think of one for this like holy shack on fire batman (laughs) holy shack on fire batman indeed let me just say though there's well there's a later callback to this scene that i was like roz i don't know you don't know what you're talking about but i also do think that kind of this one-two punch of bruce being like i'm going to burn down effectively burn down the league of shadows and like put an end to this once and for all and knowing, or at least, you know, suspecting Roz's part in all this still rescues him from the burning wreckage. And to me, that kind of is like an early indicator of like what his moral compass is. Yeah. And that he like, won't he, execute that. Guy. Like he knew he was going to hurt a lot of people when he decided to, start burning everything down and kicking everybody's ass. But he's like, I'm not going to intentionally murder this person. Although you could argue that at the end of the movie, you know, Um, being like, I'm not going to save, like, I'm not going to kill you, but I'm not going to save you. So he could have just left. And yet he won't kill fucking Joker. Well, that's a whole other line of business. Cause that's has much worse consequences, I think, than well, actually, killing Roz probably would have helped things too. But we get introduced to this to Crane. Yes, and man, like I always think of Scarecrow has a big part in this movie, but I forget that he really does take second fiddle to Roz because I just remember this character so well, and he made like Cillian Murphy plays this character so creepily. It's very memorable. Like, yeah, just all of his weird, like his tics and there's, 
the scene when he's talking to Falcone before he puts on the mask or anything. And it's really scary. He is. And like, that's scary. But even before that, just like, you can just see that there's like something going on with this guy and the way that he like takes off his glasses and folds them when he like decides that he's going to do his scarecrow routine. And it's just like, you know, this who dude he is... reminded me of who Wesley. Oh, because he, he even says like, you know who I work for, like my employer, like, it, he's just like the middleman, like kind of pulling the strings. I mean, he's a lot more unhinged than Wesley is, but like I totally get it. Just though. kind of being, and then like I think they kind of look alike, and like yeah, the whole I glasses bit. Yeah, it's yeah. If you can't dramatically fold your glasses when you're about to make a threat, you are in the wrong line of business. I have a thought on like Lucius because we actually meet him before we get the first. Like Nero's thing. Yeah, that's right. Well, can I also just say about Scarecrow, he's great in this movie. And then I love that he's like one of the few non-main characters who comes back in all three of them. And it's just like shows His you part that in the third one is funny. Yeah. And it's just like this guy. And there's so many other people like him that are just like constant thorns in Batman and Gotham's side, which feels so accurate. I forgot that he... What What is he in the second one? He's in the very beginning trying to sell drugs to the guy with the dogs. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. And he... I think he, like, has his mask and everything. Yes, you're right. He totally does. What, what were you going to say about the actor? Oh, yeah. Well, it's really hard to imagine it, especially freshly having seen him play Dr. Crane. But Cillian Murphy was apparently in talks or was one of the many in talks to play Batman in this. Do you think that's who Christopher Nolan wanted? Because he's been in other Christopher Nolan movies. Like, I think they're buds. I think he's been in other ones after this, though. I mean, I could just be making that up. I I thought he was like in Inception. Maybe. There was another one that he's like the lead in, I think. But yeah, I think it was after. But I was just wondering if like they were pals, which is why he was maybe even in the running to be. That's a good question. Because, yeah, I mean, he doesn't really seem like someone that would be. You know, he doesn't seem like Batman material. I think he probably could have played a very good Batman, but you're probably onto something. Because the other names that I saw were like pretty big. I didn't see Ashton Kutcher in any of the articles I looked at, but, you know, I'll trust that forum. They knew what the rumor mill was like back in 03. But, I mean, you know, whether he would have played a good Batman or not, I have no idea. But his his performance as Scarecrow is amazing. Well, getting to meet Lucius Fox is just a real treat because this guy's got to be one of the best characters in the trilogy. What do you think of all of the gadgets, how they like do it through that? It's it's fun. It's fun. And then I'm like, sometimes I can't think about it, but I'm like, what is Wayne Enterprises doing? Like, how are they just like developing all this random shit all at the same time? And apparently none of it is getting sold or works because like the Batmobile, they're like, well, we couldn't get the bridges to work, but we got one of these laying around. 
the armor that they're like, well, no one wants to pay for this armor. But I'm like, it's like Stark Industries. It is. But it's funny because like so much of it is already there. Yeah. For Tony, he's like obviously in control, but. I don't know. I mean, I have no idea what like a weapons manufacturer is like, but I assume that there are a lot of prototypes that they just I'm sure there are, retire, yeah. quote unquote. And he just happens to work in like, these are all of the retired yeah. stuff or whatever. I mean, like, but that aside, like, I love it because not only is like the concept fun, it's like, oh, well, we have this stuff laying around and like they were saying, like, we have to order these components from all these different places to not attract suspicion. But it also lets us have Lucius come back and be like the weapons dealer in each movie kind of like, oh, like, what do you need? Yeah. Like also like that gives us a little tease to they've opened up all these shell companies that's going to like help him buy back Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Enterprises or whatever. And then I also like that they split up Alfred's character with Lucius. They kind of like spread that like. Yeah, because in the 90s Batman movies, it would have been... He's doing everything, <laughs> which is a little unrealistic. Alfred is making the tea. He is also building the tanks. Um, I mean, I don't know if Fox is a character from the comics or I'm, if he's, like, a new character. I have no idea. I like him. Me too. He's In the next movie, he obviously plays, like, a big role. Yeah, but they just do, like, a really good job of making Wayne seem like, you know, the board is so like, he's kind of adversarial with the board, but he just has, you know, he just needs a tiny little circle of people. And honestly, he doesn't need a team. He just needs Lucius. So it's just like his, his friend inside, even though it's his own company, which I just, I love. I assume that's how, well, I assume that's how Thomas had it, but Thomas is the one that picked Earl. And I think he picked wrong on that front. Definitely picked wrong. But also, um, that actor, Rucker Hauer, who played um, Roy Batty in Blade Runner and a bunch of other stuff, Hobo with a Shotgun. If you haven't seen Hobo with a Shotgun, I highly recommend it. I have not. But he's like <laughs> a very like storied, well-known actor. I think he passed away recently. And this was kind of like a somewhat understated part for him. Like he didn't have a whole lot going on. But I also think he played, like, this kind of scummy character really well. Um, I, I almost forgot. Isn't there, like, a real-life congressperson yeah. that is in this movie? Is a congressman or a senator? Yeah. Yeah, who's been in, like, And he's, like, in the boardroom or something? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's that, these, right? That was he's it, in? it was either in this one or it's in The Dark Knight. But I, he was like in, I thought he was in more than one. Yeah. I mean, I know at least he was in a handful of the nineties ones. Oh really? Yeah. Is that when we first brought it up? I don't know. Cause I thought it was these that he was in. So it's Senator Patrick Lee. And this is actually the only Nolan one that he's not in. Oh, he's at a party in the dark night and he's a board member. In the Dark Knight Rises. Oh, that's the scene I'm thinking of where they're like sitting at a table. But is yeah. he, he's not in any of the '90s ones, is he? Uh, he was in Batman and Robin and Batman Forever. Do you know who he was? I please tell me it was one of the gang members in the. He's credited as himself in both movies, so I'm guessing any scene where there's a lot of people standing around like at a party or something. Well, like he's in Batman and. 
Robin there's probably at the gala. Yeah. 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 And I think... Um, I guess there's one in Val Kilmer's. He's in Batman v Superman, and I think he might even have a line in that one. I just love it for this guy. I'm happy for him. Living the dream. All right. So now we get some, some real Batman action. Yes. And what an introduction it is for bats. This iteration of Batman as someone that strikes fear into people's hearts. It's just so good. And another Daredevil reference. The first time we really see Daredevil fight in his series, not Ben Affleck, is in a similar environment. And And a similar head thing. Yep. All in black, kind of improvised ski mask look. And both just intercepting something illegal happening and being real spooky doing it. And especially the, the cut where the guy's like, where is he? And he turns around and he's right there. He says, me. And then it like snap cuts to a, what's his name? The cop looking like fearing for Boss his life. or Bass. Blass. Flass? Something like that. Flass. Yeah, that dude. Um, I like that all of the ninja training explains his like whole disappearing act. Yeah. And, like that's a running bit. It's like, oh, he does that. But like, he can actually do that because he's like a trained ninja. Yeah. So I like that. Um, I think the line, it's kind of meant as like a one-off, but it says a lot in my opinion where he's like, not really threatening Gordon, but like a little bit with a stapler, which I think is very funny. Um, and he says, no, we're two. Like, two, like, you know. It's it's a big just, just two peas in a pod, Batman and Bruce. Oh, what? Cause uh, I'm pretty sure that he says how many, how many of you are there, or like something like that, and he says no, we're two. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's talking about like he's saying that like he and Gordon are like a team now. Because he was, how many people are fighting on your side? And he's like, well, now there's two of us. Oh, I don't take it that way. I like, think he's saying, like, we're, I'm two people. I'm Batman and Bruce. I don't think so. To me, that was just very much like, we're buddies now. Like, you're a good cop, so you're with me. So we just watched it. So to me, Gordon's like, you're just one man. And Bruce is like, now we're two. Because, like, now it's the two of us, not just me. Okay. So when I first heard it tonight, when we were watching it, I thought he said, no, we're two. But now I hear the now yeah. we're two. And yeah. that, that changes the meaning. Yeah. I like my version of him just embracing already that there's two of him. Gordon's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> well, kind of. <laughs> He is kind of like that anyway. His reaction is like, what? I mean, (laughs) what anyone would be like. (laughs) Uh, A much more open (laughs) Batman about his his struggles with his dual identity. He's like, yeah, I'm two people. (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, scratching that. Scratch that last (laughs) bit. Um, I do think that it's funny. Like, his first attempt is like pretty ungraceful though i said the whole ninja training thing but he just like like flies into a 
uh, fire escape. <laughs> <laughs> and even him, like, trying to do, like, the cool disappearing act, but then Gordon can just, like, look outside and see him scrambling up like, like an idiot. I, there was, like, that edit that somebody did of, like, the Nolan, Bru- uh, Christian Bale, Batman, like, quick getaway scenes and just editing them so the person turns around and they see him, like, scurrying around <laughs> the corner. And, uh, yeah, you know, you can't be that slick. I don't care how much ninja training you have. People can turn around on a dime. Um, all this doc business is so good. So, like, epitomizes, like, Batman business. Yeah, it's just, like, it's all the, like, the Gotham underbelly incarnate, I think. It's all in one place. Like you said, like, we get a lot into, uh, like, what it means to be Bruce and, like, him, like, balancing his life. And I like how clear it makes it that the Bruce Wayne that we see out driving the Lamborghinis and stuff is, like, a very well-manufactured, like, idea of what Bruce Wayne would be like without all of this going on in the background. It's just, like... Or like the most, like, obvious caricature of, like, this playboy persona. Well, Michael Caine gives him that idea. Yeah, like, do something that a billionaire would do. Yeah, throw off the scent. He doesn't want to learn how to play polo, so. <laughs> but I can buy a hotel. <laughs> I mean, great moment. And we also, like, get the one in the Dark Knight where he's, like, pulls the tables together and is like, I'm going to buy this restaurant. Or I, he already owns the yeah. restaurant. So he's on another level. And it's just one of those moments where I sometimes like I know it's it's Wayne and all, but I forget just how rich he is. <laughs> like he's astronomically rich, like not even I, I sometimes just tend to think of, of him as, you know, not being a billionaire, maybe just like a, a small digits millionaire. But as I said earlier, I'm here for all of the quotes it's like, it's not who you are underneath that matters. It's what you do. Like, that that's real. That's a real quote right there. Yeah. Like, you can be a good person all you want, but if you don't act like it. Actions, not words. Real talk with Rachel Dawes. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm sure she could see what he was doing. And it's like, well, you if you continue just playing this character, then that's going to be you. Like, it doesn't really matter, like, who you really are if that's what you're running around doing. If you're like, hey, trust me, I'm a really good guy, but I'm also going to get into this water feature and fuck everybody's day up. And have a birthday party <laughs> when the world's falling apart. Yeah. I don't know, I just, but I love how he, like, that's how he tells her who it is. Yep. Ugh. Um, and I, I also like that he clearly just makes that, like, kind of a snap decision, which is just, yeah. We don't we don't get too much on the secret identity. I mean, I feel like they could have gone like a lot harder with it throughout these movies. Um, but in every instance where he chooses to reveal his identity to somebody, which is not that often, it's so masterfully done. And like you said, like the whole like coat thing, when that comes back, it's he loves to throw a quote out. Yep. Um, I mean, they, I think the most they do with his like split identity is in the second one with Harvey Dent. That's true. I love all that stuff. Um, did you have something on like Rachel and 
the train, like him talking to her. Yeah, well, that was a really good scene. My note here, though, is mostly just a joke. <laughs> uh, I mean, one, I do like the whole like centering of Gotham around this rail system. That's kind of off topic for this scene, but. And you I, know who put that rail system in? Thomas. Tommy. My Thomas. Tommy Wami. <laughs> Tommy Schlami. <laughs> Famous yes. executive well, producer. The, <laughs> the Thomas Wayne Railroad uh, is such like a defining factor in this movie. And I like how we just like we see it from all these different perspectives. And it's just like no matter. I kind of like that what we see Tommy Shami and fam writing it. And it's like kind of sketchy. Like the vibes are not that great. And then years later, Rachel is writing it. And it's like, well. Vibes it's, are not good. Vibes are not good. Vibes are actually worse than they were. Um, so I like that. It gives this Gotham a lot of character. But then also she comes downstairs and she is accosted by these guys who are then spooked by the Batman. Rachel. Uh, not the Batman. That's the next one. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Pardon me. Rachel shoots him with the taser. He is unfazed. But he's, like, crouched on the railing. It's very weird. My note is just, like, LOL, this pose. Like, I don't understand it. He, he's, like, leaning on the railing. Like he's something. probably just, like, sitting there, and he's like, I look super awkward, so I gotta lean to look cool. Hey. It's just, <laughs> like, you rehearsed this. Hey, you babe. got You got here 20 minutes ago, and you've just practiced landing on this railing. He... He's got to project that image. Um, I've always been like weirdly sad that her boss gets killed the way he does and like never brought up again. She says my boss is missing, which you know what that means. But then like, that's it. I'm like, this guy seemed cool. I liked him. Yeah, I don't know. I just think that they... He, what I was going to say is he kind of looks like the mayor in the dark Knight. Yeah. But, um, no, he just like dies and it's like, okay, I don't know. There's not much That's to that. say there. I just liked, he just seemed like he was on, he was fighting the good fight, you know? He was, he's doing his best. But like Rachel said, when someone in your line of business disappears, first place to look is at the bottom of the river. Boy, this is, I don't know what this was specifically about oh i know it was like after batman almost like dies from like getting poisoned and he meets joffrey oh yeah yeah joffrey little joffrey before he became a psychopath sweet little joffrey he was sweet now also like he says like one line when we first see him and i'm pretty sure he just has the british accent it just sounded like a British accent to me. I don't even know if he was trying to not do one. My headcanon is that this is Robin. Like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. When did he dye his hair? Some kids have blonde hair when they're little, and then it gets darker. Okay, fine, fine. I mean, it's not a bad headcanon. I think his parents might have died. Probably. He's, in a, he's not in a great spot. No. That's a fun thought. It's that's like that's like the uh, the whole thing with like the kid that Iron Man rescues in Iron Man Two is Peter Parker, which I think Tom Holland. There's like a scene 
um, at the end when Stark Expo is being attacked by the hammer drones and there's a kid wearing an Iron Man mask oh. and the robot targets him and then Iron Man saves him. And people are like, oh, that's Peter Parker. And then I think Tom Holland like even was like, yeah, that's Peter Parker. But I think he's the only person that's ever yeah. said that. He's just like, yeah, this seems cool. <laughs> I'm not going to take Tom's <laughs> word on that. <laughs> yeah. So the, the whole like fear inducing hallucinogens is such a terrifying proposition. And, you know, we're, we already get just through like, a couple lines, the background that Crane has been presumably like perfecting this thing through all of his yeah, jobs. Yeah, was Demon the League of Shadows that, like, created this weapon? I mean, it's, like, their drug. Yeah, but, like, He weaponized it, which is... Like, he's going out of his way to, rough. like, make it as terrible as possible. And, you know, he it says he's going to have, like, he gets Falcone transferred to Arkham Asylum. Like, you know that he's up to no good. Like, this dude... Yeah, League of Shadows aside. Um... This dude is on his own mission, and it is terrifying. Um, but <laughs> my, like, funny line is, so when Christian Bale, like, wakes back up after being, like, knocked out for two days, first of all, very memorable scene where he's, like, in a standing position and just goes down into push-ups. Oh, yeah. Wild. I always think he's just going to fall over, and then I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Um, but my other thought is, Another background story that I've created for this movie is that Fox and Michael Caine are lovers, and no one can talk me out of that. I mean, hey, like, I'm on board here. I'm on board here. <laughs> it's just the way that Michael Caine says, thank you, Lucius, Lucius, when he leaves. He's like, thank you, Lucius, lover. <laughs> It's just, it's in there. You can hear it, even though you can't hear it. Um, yeah, I mean, they are not just workplace proximity associates. They are not. It goes deeper than that. They've known each other for a long time. I mean, I'm on board with it. It makes sense. You know, Alfred gets lonely around Wayne Manor. Exactly. I forgot that we get, we actually go to Arkham... And, like, very creepy. And I'm kind of surprised they, like, don't do more with Arkham Asylum. Like, the like the mansion part of it. Or, like, whatever yeah. we're in. I mean, that... The whole, like... Yeah, the, the spooky, like, classic Arkham just screams, like, the 90s Batman to me. And even though, like, Arkham still exists in this trilogy's canon, but it definitely takes, like, a huge backseat. I don't think we see it again physically i i don't know if that was i think that may have been in the cards um when the dark knight rises still had its original plan for joker to be involved before heath ledger died i think we would have seen a bit more of that yeah that's i would have been curious to see if they had kept the same vibe because it's very much it's way more comic booky than, like, some of the other institutions that we're presented with. Yeah, I guess if Heath Ledger hadn't died, like, what would have Dark Knight Rises looked like? And kind of going back to my original question is how much of this was, like, planned out. I wonder if they had to, like, scrap it, and then that's when they decided to, like, go back to, like, the first one and be like, let's go back to this stuff pre-Joker. 
I don't know. I mean, I I do think, even though I couldn't find anything on it one way or the other, I do think it was planned. And I do think the original plan for Rises still had, like, the basic skeleton of his story about Bane and probably back, you know, Batman being beaten down and having to work his way back up. But it had to have been pretty different if Joker was in it. Especially, like, after, even if they had had a plan... And then Dark Knight came out and they were like, oh, we have to take advantage of this. That's what I was going to say. I feel like they didn't know what they had with Heath Ledger until after it came out. I think you're probably right. And then after he died, they probably were like, well, now what? Yeah. So maybe they had to like kind of go back to part of their original plan if they had one. Mm. I don't have a lot of notes with the end. <clears throat> um, the end of this movie is not my favorite part of the movie. I really like the whole setup of everything until we get to basically the Wayne Manor getting like set on fire. And then after that, I'm like, I mean, this is all like interesting, but this is not the part of the movie that I'm like here for. Yeah. It's like normal. Like that's like just normal comic book drama. And yeah. I, I like it. It's enjoyable, but, but I do think like most of the strength juicy. is, yeah. A couple things, small notes that I had for this section of the movie, and they're probably not in order. Um, we get a, a fun moment where Bruce goes into the Batcave, and in like a nice little detail that we don't really see again, he like plays the keys on a piano, mm-hmm. and then like a bookshelf spins around. And I don't think we see that in The Dark Knight, because we don't spend like a lot of time like in Wayne Manor. He's always in that other... I. I hate to tell you this, but in The Dark Knight, there is no Wayne Manor because it burned down in this one. They're rebuilding it. Okay, yep. Well, uh... And we do get to see them play the piano one more time when the house is burning down. I just like that... The, The reason, like, we're in that weird space in The Dark Knight is, like, that's the foundation of the house, but they haven't really built the house yet, right. but they have the layer. Yeah. Um, and I also know that like Bruce is in that other, he's he like, has a penthouse. Yeah. In yeah, downtown Gotham, but either way, it's like a fun, like kind of a callback to like the nineties Batman. Like, Oh, like we're in this big zany house and I have all these gadgets. It's yeah. not as crazy as was it, um, was it George Clooney or, well, Michael Keaton's Val, was like Val in a... Kilmer. Well, somebody had their office chair in the Wayne Tower had like a slide. They that like was hit a George button. Clooney. Yeah. You know, we're not quite getting to that level, but like a hidden door in a bookcase. Yeah, still I love pretty the fun. Piano. Yeah. Like easily top five ways of opening a secret passageway. It's tied with like tilting the head on the statue. Oh, I think the piano is way better than Tilting Ahead. Okay, it's not tied, but they're both up there. Um. Oh, another moment. When they are having their little police chase when Rachel has been right. hit by the toxin. It um, was Rachel. She <laughs> was dying. That's my Christian. Great bad voice. <laughs> um, my Michael Caine is better. I think the... <laughs> Michael Caine. Michael Caine is better. Um, I think this Batmobile is super cool, uh, even though it's super chunky. But the coolest thing that they do with it in this movie, because I think this one's cool, 
it gets better as the, the trilogy murder, goes right? on. Yeah, yeah, like super cool. But the stealth mode moment. Oh yeah, it's Good so point. cool. Because I love that. I think I remember the first time watching this. He, I was like, oh, is he just gonna like turn the lights off? That doesn't seem super effective. But then you know, it's like the engine is kind of muted, and when it he drives up next to that cop and he like has to do a double take, even though he's like a foot away from him. I just love that. Wild. Because otherwise it begs the question of how can Batman ever be stealthy driving something like this around? I mean, it's a good thing that he like repainted everything black, like matte black. Yeah. Yeah. Very stylish. He has an aesthetic. You know, he's into matte black. Like He, he sticks wants, with it. You know, everything to match. He's I think all- it's <laughs> weird that he doesn't like have his little utility belt also black. I get like we're doing a Batman thing. We have to have some gold in there, but... He would he would make it all black though. Yeah, he like, would. Yeah. You said that was like the most like corny thing was him like Yeah, we get we get like a very short montage of him like you know, packing his tools more yeah. or less. No crotch gate or nipple gate though. No no butt cheeks either. No yeah. pretty pretty chased <laughs> by the Batman franchise's standards at this point. But I do think it was like an intentional um, visual like throwback. What is your favorite gag from this movie or bit? You know, I actually have a note that it was just Lucius Fox, ever the sassy one. And I do not know (laughs) (laughs) what that is referring to, but I I think... Did you get the memo? (laughs) I think that's probably what it was. Um, Obviously, the best gag is... Michael Caine putting Rachel in the car. Oh, oh, how could I forget? Because you're like, it feels like a deleted scene, and it really does. I feel like there is a deleted scene with like him putting, taking her out of the car, like at her house. I feel like there was more to that scene, but it's great. Just a not very. I love a physical comedy piece. Not only like the action of what he's doing, but also when he. He looks over at the people that are staring yes. at him and they just have no reaction. <laughs> He's like, it's a lot of sorts. The ass sorts, isn't he? <laughs> isn't it? Like, what a what a moment from Michael Caine. All right, we should start wrapping up this. Oh, it's only plot. been an hour forty minutes. Um Yeah, so I one of my later notes is just saying that the plot moves a lot faster than I remember, but apparently I fucking blacked out for half an hour of the movie. <laughs> you were enthralled. Um, but I, I also do think that this movie is very well paced, as I say about every movie on this podcast. Um, other bits, and speaking of the car, I do like when Gordon's trying oh, to drive I, the car. Yeah, I've been, I'm like, I love it. He's so, like, you know, he's probably like, yeah, I can drive stick. And then he was presented with this fucking tank, and he's like, can't let Batman down. I mean, he does say, I gotta get me one of those. He does. <laughs> Love that. Ugh. He's so good. Um, second best to Thomas Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thomas Wayne and will reign supreme. Um, so he's third. He's still I don't the know. There's a lot. You know, there's Morgan Freeman. Oh, buddy. Oh, don't Gary. make me choose. <laughs> I have my number one. That's all I need. Um, yeah, so he has his fight with Roz. 
he is kind of losing that fight, but I also feel like he should be. Like, that's his teacher. Like, I think that's accurate that. Right. Like, everybody loves struggling. Like, the student defeating the teacher trope. I mean, he does. He does. but... But, like, strictly physical, like, Bruce has not done enough to overcome that level of mastery. He just hasn't. Which. It does flip it because, like, previously he was physically beating him, but then he would be like, no, you're surrounding. So, like, they literally just flipped it the same thing, but, like... Yeah. Which I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but they did do kind of, like, that stereotype, I guess. That's true. Or trope. Just kind of, like, in a more believable way. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, And then he tells Rachel... It's yeah. what he does that matters. And they have a weird kiss. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like it. I, I didn't that. like it. Oh, did I? Was it before that? We got like another little moment with Joffrey. Because Rachel is like with him. Like protecting him. Yeah. And uh, just the image of Scarecrow riding around on the horseback. Like obviously terrifying for everybody that's on the fear toxin. But like. It's full headless a, horseman just, at one yeah, point. He's just a he's a goofy guy, you know. He's, he's having a great time. I mean, he's I don't know what kind thriving. of shit beat you have to be on to be a Gotham City police officer who gets the horseback. You have to ride horseback into this mess. Good luck. We're not, you don't get to sit in a car with the other guys. Um yeah, and then we get a little... It's not a post-credit scene, but it's basically a post-credit scene of the it, Joker. Like, car. it would have been a post-credit right. scene if it had come out recently. Exactly. Like, and I can only imagine how hype that must have been for people. I mean, you know, it's the Joker. All these people that had been waiting for, like, a good Batman movie for at this point, they hadn't gotten one for a decade. And now it's like... It's good. And they're going to fucking do the Joker. Like. Love that. Love that for Batman fans. Yeah. But then it, it seemed like it was a long time between movies, but I guess three years is not that long. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Three years. That seems kind of standard. Yeah. For, well, for now a big it's movie like this, for, like the MCU has obviously shortened it, but even they can take a long time between sequels for characters. So yeah, for characters, it's like a long time. Yeah, well, it depends on the character. Like Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah. Six years. Guardians. Um, yeah. And I mean, the gap between Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises was longer than the one between this and Dark Knight. And Four years? Yeah. And it felt like it, too. I remember that. Like, all the little... I remember following rumors and stuff for that. In the that gap between when it came out. The only thing I knew about that one is that Anne Hathaway was going to be Catwoman. Yeah. I just felt like everything that happened, like, on the production was, like, big news. Because it was... The hype was real. There was no teaser at the end of the Dark Knight. So, like, that could have been it. Like, they didn't need to do another one. Definitely not. Like, it was... That would have been a great ending. So, I don't think I was, like, waiting for anything. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. So, I know we talked a lot. Um... Did you have some theme words that you wrote? Because I wrote my theme words at the top. Oh. My little book report. Oh, I see this. My themes were fear, 
justice versus vengeance and identity. I think we touched on this. This is an A plus book report. Thank you. Um, well, you hit the nail on the head. I didn't write mine down, so I'm not prepared. Do you have any fun facts? Systemic economic failure. That is certainly a motif. Um, I had a fun fact about Christopher Nolan, not about the movie. Let's hear it. To this day, or at least as of 2020, this man does not have an email or a smartphone. He says he sometimes takes his flip phone with him when he's going out. And he wants you to know that he's not a Luddite. He just, like, when he moved to L.A. in 1997 or whatever... No one had a cell phone, and he just never got one. Yeah, man, a lot of people didn't have phones in 1997. So that's just something to know about. Oh, my God. One of the most pretentious things I've ever heard. That's so Like, not having an email, to me, is worse than not having a phone. Uh, That's, like, the (laughs) bare minimum of how to contact somebody. Like, how do you deal with, like... How do you get information? You know that like... You're just inconveniencing everyone around you. His agent has the most difficult job in Hollywood. <laughs> so not that fun of a fact, but I just read that about him. Well, I mean, <laughs> Can look... Can you top that? <laughs> no. Also, though, I'm just... I'm not surprised. Christopher Nolan just seems like that kind of guy. Great, great director. But when he was bitching about... Uh, Tenet not doing well because he fucking released it in the middle in August of 2020 in theaters only and then wondered why nobody wanted to go see it that kind of it put me off of him he's somebody that like doesn't watch TV I bet oh yeah like Tom Cruise yeah Tom Cruise also only watches his own movies (laughs) (laughs) so I didn't I didn't have any fun facts written down so I'm going to look some up now and here's a good piece of trivia uh, that involves our friend Michael Caine. Uh, Michael Caine. Christian Bale said that in the the scene that we were talking about where they're lovers when he wakes up in bed. Mm-hmm. Um, not not Michael Caine. Not Michael Caine. Christian Bale. Michael Caine. You can't say Lucius. <laughs> yeah, I tried earlier. Um, apparently Christian Bale is getting ready for that scene and then he fell asleep <laughs> in the bed. And he said he woke up to find some Michael Caine poking him in the ribs and saying, look at that. He's bloody falling asleep. <laughs> Amazing. He's method, you know, you, you have to say that about Christian Bale. Oh, it's He's so method. good. Um, this was shot in Chicago. Uh, and somebody crashed into the Batmobile during a shooting. How? They were drunk. Oh. And in a state of panic, thought that the Batmobile was an invading alien spacecraft. That person really should not have been driving. Uh, no, they were not. They were apparently drunk and also on 19 other drugs. Now, I don't know how much I believe this because there's only a year gap between the movies. But apparently this inspired James Bond producers, Michael G. Wilson and Barbara Broccoli, who has, wow. one of, who has one of the best names in the biz. Barbie Brocks. Uh, this, <laughs> this inspired them to reinvent the character of James Bond. 
for Casino Royale. I mean, we were making those comparisons. Yeah. I mean, this came out in 2005. Casino Royale came out the next year. But maybe they were clued in to what was happening behind the scenes. Or maybe they had a whole movie written and then they saw the trailer for this and they were like, like reshoot everything. Um, in the brief time that we see Ken Watanabe as Raz al Ghul, he speaks and we don't get subtitles or anything. We just rely on Liam Neeson to kind of translate. Oh, right. Not language. It's I was going to say, it's not real. he was like muttering. He just, he just made it up. That, apparently. That's what I kind of thought. I, I actually thought like in context, I was like, is he even saying anything? Because he's just like playing this part. Like, I, <laughs> I do not know. Oh, and how about this? Speaking of, uh, I mentioned earlier that Earl was played by Rutger Hauer, apparently. In another unsurprising moment from Christopher Nolan, I will say he sat the crew down and had them watch a private screening of Blade Runner and then was like, this is how we're going to make Batman. And, uh, you know, this is not quite Blade Runner, but I do get it. So I wonder if it was before or after he said that, that he was like, I'm going to get Rucker Howard to be in this movie now. I'll just leave off this section with one fun fact about one of maybe your top three characters, but I'm not going to make you choose. Gordon, Gary Oldman agreed to play this part without even reading the script. He was the last actor to be cast, and he learned his lines on the flight to the first location of shooting. He is a professional. We stan Gordon. Gary the professional. And also Gary. <laughs> Love that for him. Um, that doesn't surprise me. One, because it's like Christopher Nolan. He probably already knew who was attached to it, and maybe he just thought it'd be fun. He just did Harry Potter, and I think he had fun doing Harry Potter, so I think he was like... This is cool. I think he had kids that were like at the age that they could like enjoy stuff like this. That makes sense. I think that's why he did Harry Potter is because his kids wanted him to or something like that. Did he say something about that in the reunion? I think so because he hadn't read them or anything. I love that. Yeah. I love it. He's just like, you know what? I'm feeling it. Let's go. And it worked out so well. He follows his heart. Shouldn't we all? And uh, one of the... Yeah, final overarching notes that I haven't talked about was I fucking love the score for this movie. And there's one little like motif in particular that I was like talking about very early on, which is where we just have like every instrument in the symphony that Hans Zimmer is doing his thing with. And it just goes. If y'all know what I'm talking about. And it's so simple, but they use it countless times in this movie. And then they just bring it back as kind of, yeah, just like this motif when every, when there's like setup for something or just like a cool moment of like Batman on a rooftop. <laughs> and it just like elicits the, the vibes that I get from all these movies. I love it so much. Any, um, any like activities what was your favorite scene i said what mine was which was like him being full-on ninja slitting the arms yeah 
Would yours be the car chase? I think it is. Yep. I think it is. Just like another demonstration of like another really cool gadget. It plus like just the actual scene would be thrilling enough and then pairing it with like all the fear talk and stuff beforehand and having the stakes so high with Rachel. So good. Yeah, that's got to be it. Um, not really a game. We could make it into a game. You know, I was just mentally doing comparisons to all the 90s movies just nonstop because they're so fresh still. And this is different in almost every conceivable way. And I know that Scarecrow was going to be the villain of the canceled fifth movie. So I was kind of like, what would this have been like if it was a 90s Batman movie like this plot? How would they have made it work? I mean, I would just compare it to, like, the first Keaton. Yeah. I think that's the closest example we Okay, get. what if it was... What if Joel Schumacher directed this movie? Like, I'm just imagining... You can't. The, the effects that we would get for Scarecrow. He would be like a Riddler. Like a Jim Carrey Riddler. He would actually be, like, dressed like a Scarecrow. <laughs> like the Wizard of Oz Scarecrow. Yes. Yeah. Like, maybe no hay, but, like, overalls or something. Overalls over a flannel. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> and they just would have done, like, cornier, like, ninja stuff. Yeah. It's just, like. Like, CW. We, we talked about, like, having that, the importance of being somewhat grounded in realism. And things like the League of Shadows can just go so far off the rails if you don't even try to like like a Joel Schumacher League of Shadows would be terrible no I think they did a good job it felt kind of like I said earlier like in the same vein of like 10 rings like it has like I knew what kind of institution it was basically without really knowing anything about yeah. it yeah um, I still don't really understand their motives but like who asked them to do this like, they've kind yeah, of they got a really... Thanos thing. Like, they want balance, but, like, they're like, it's unclear. They're just, like, self-appointed. Yeah, like, well, but, no like, one else is gonna... yeah, we don't to really... what end, you know? I think that needed to be fleshed out a little bit more. That would be my other critique. Yeah. I guess they just, like, wanted to keep the mystery, but they could have done a little bit more if they had wanted to. Is the Batman going to do... Uncle Ben, a.k.a. Thomas Wayne. Like, is, are they going to show the Uncle Ben scene? I'm going to call it the Uncle Ben. <laughs> um, it's just, we've been referring to that. I don't think so. I think they want to kind of cut around all the stuff that they've gone over in these movies and try to focus on, like, this... They're really going into, like, the year one, like, he's... Trying, they're trying to do like the world's greatest detective thing, which has been more or less abandoned by the movies. That would be fun. I hope that that's actually true. I mean, I think we all agree that they fucked it with the Ben Affleck <laughs> one with their Thomas Wayne death. Yeah. So I think I think I can speak for everyone just... and say that that was hot garbage and no one will do justice to this Thomas Wayne. I think I'm speaking for everyone. 
No one is going to dispute. I haven't heard any disagreements. Tweet us. Please tweet us. Tweet, tweet. Tommy Schwami fans or enemies. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Um, I also just think that they're, they're trying what to me seems to be like a really very much like a unique take on Batman. And that means probably abandoning or going against the typical Batman stuff that we've seen in the other movies, but you never know. You never know. But what I do know is that this is a great movie. And not only was it a great movie in its own right, but it also did such a good job of ushering us into the next age of comic book movies. The golden era. Yeah. Or you think now we're in the golden era? Well. When does one era end and the other begin? Is this perhaps silver? You could say from like X-Men forward is silver at some point, like with Iron Man. I don't know. Or with the Dark Knight even. But this is like clearly, like Kevin Feige said, Batman and Robin was so important because it propelled these movies in such a different direction. I would say, to answer that question, this era is X-Men to Avengers. Yeah, okay. That seems fair. And then, like, because after that is when MCU gets a little bit more serious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, we get all of the Nolan stuff is after that, right? I mean, Man of Steel starts before that, but. Yeah. Well, no, Man of Steel came out after Avengers. Oh, okay. And Dark Knight Rises came out the same year as Avengers. So. But I would also say that that's. I would put that still. on the line. Yeah. I'm saying after, I would say 2013. Okay. And yeah. Yeah. Forward is yeah. a new era. Yeah. I'd, I'd agree with that. But this is, this was a big stepping stone, you know? So good job, everybody involved. And just another quick note is that this movie is timeless. It is. It really is. Like, it doesn't feel like it came out in 2005. They kept the effects low key. Like, the yeah. only one that was really, like, that stood out to me was when the Ra's al Ghul's house, like, caught on fire. That yeah. felt a little cgi Other than that, like, even, like, the mask stuff, like, felt good. And they kept technology realistic. And they, yeah. they stuck to, like, this, like, military stuff, which was, like, this could be any time period. Or, like, any modern time period. That's really true. And I think that's consistent with all of them. The only one is in the second one with all of the phone monitoring stuff. I think that dates it. Yeah. Yeah. But you're super right. I mean, I haven't really thought about it in that way, but because partially like Gotham feels like such a unique place, like you can buy that this is happening whenever. And that's really cool. That's, I guess, you know, the, the DC movies have never tried to, make them well like it's not taking place in the real world like the mcu is right so it's a lot easier to just kind of create like its own sense of time all right yeah so now we're actually ending yeah like half an hour later yeah well there's a lot to talk about it's been a great chat this was really good 
and I'm very excited to watch this trilogy again, even though we have done so pretty recently off pod. Um, and just get hyped for the Batman. The Batman. The Batman. The Batman. His bat voice seems even uh, crazier right than Christian Bale's. Another fun fact, <laughs> just because I just reminded myself, I saw it earlier, Christian Bale lost his voice three times doing this movie. Checks out. To no one's surprise. <laughs> Checks out. My voice hurts if I do that for one sentence, so. Well, then I'll just say, Michael Caine says, Out of the Superverse.